Isn't God good? Amen. Isn't God good? Well, you know, tonight I, I titled this Back to Basics. And um, in Colossians, in the second chapter, uh, Paul is telling uh, the church how to live. He's telling them how to go. But, you know, first of all, in the first couple, he's saying, hey, I am so proud of you guys. Man, you... I'm putting it in my words, okay, not Paul's. I am so proud of you guys. You guys got saved. You're doing good. Uh, I wish I was there, but I can't be, but I'm going to write this letter to you, and, and, and I want you to follow this. I want you to follow this. There's some instructions here that he has given us as a church. And, and uh, first of all, in Colossians 2.6, continue to live in him. Continue to live in him. Now, just as you have received Christ as your Lord, continue to live or to walk in him. And, you know, as I thought about that, I thought, living in Jesus, walking in Jesus, you know, it's that day-to-day walk. That's, it's that, what's it really mean to live in him? What's it really mean to walk with him? You know, if I'm going to have somebody as my best friend, or if I'm going to know that I'm going to live with somebody, I want to learn everything I can about that person. You know, I don't want somebody being my best friend and find out down the road, this guy's really a jerk. You know what I mean? So I want to find out everything I can about him. I want to know what he's like. I want to know everything about him. I want to know, um, uh, does he like me? Or is he going to take off and leave me, you know? Uh, does he really want to be my friend? And these are all things that do what Paul is saying here is continue to live in him. Continue to walk with him. Just as you have received Jesus Christ in faith, walk in that same faith with him. It's a faith thing. You know, um, their lives have just got turned upside down. Everything they knew, all their old stuff, just got turned upside down. Can you remember when you got saved? You know, your life got turned upside down. I don't know about you, but my life got turned upside down, especially when I came back to the Lord. Norma's life got turned upside down. It was already upside down, but it got turned right side up. Maybe put, let's put it that way, okay? And you know, and it was, it was a challenge. It's a challenge, people. It's a challenge to live and walk with Jesus every day, especially in those early years. So walking in him, being with him, it's by faith. You know, the Christian life starts, it starts the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's just the start of it. And Paul tells us that, you know, you are to continue to walk in him each day. Each day. Just not at church. Just not when you're together. But each day you walk with him. At home, which sometimes I think is the hardest. At work. In your neighborhood. It's that walk with Jesus. It's that, you know, and as you walk... As you walk, you learn, and you learn, and you learn. Sometimes sometime he's walking a little bit faster than you are. You learn to catch up. Sometimes you don't feel him walking with you. 
If you're going by feelings, if you're going by feelings, sometimes you just don't feel it. You know, you go to pray and you think, wow, Lord, where are you? I just don't feel you today. But we continue. What's it say? Continue to walk even when you don't feel it. Continue to get into the Word. And we're going to talk about that getting built up in a minute. But this is not something that you just do when you feel like it. This is not an exercise. You know, we who exercise, uh, and I try to a little bit, you know, um, when I feel like it. Sometimes I just don't feel like it, you know. I used to get up every morning and ride my bike like clockwork. That didn't happen this year. Why? Because I didn't feel like it. Well, walking with Jesus is not something that we go by feeling. It's something that we do. It's something that we do. Even when we don't feel like it. It's that steady walk with him. We don't say, well, I'm going to leave him home today. You know, I'm not going to walk with him today because there's some things I want to do. No, it's that steady walk with him. And you know what I have found? When I'm walking with the Lord, life is a lot better. Life is a lot simpler. You know why? Because he puts a check on some of the things that I may want to do. Have you ever been there? He puts a check. He leads and he guides. You know, the walking is, I'm following him. I'm walking with him, but I'm following him. And that's probably what Paul is trying to get across to him, follow him. I want to see how we do that. What's it say? Get rooted in Christ. Rooted and build up in him. Let's talk about rooted for a minute. Let's talk about rooted for a minute. You know, when I think of rooted, I think of trees. And I think of tree roots. You know, I'm pretty simple. And, uh, you know, I got this great big tree in the backyard, and its roots are going all over the place. And it's starting to break up this and starting to break up that, and I'm worried about it. That's not the kind of roots I'm thinking of. But, you know, when you're rooted in Christ, listen to me, when you're rooted in Christ, it's going to break some things up. It's going to break some hard ground up. Maybe that hard ground that you just haven't been willing to turn over. Well, though, when you're rooted in him, it's going to break some of that hard ground up. Um, Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is he who does not walk in the steps of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take... Uh, Take or sit in the company of the mockers, but delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the stream of water, and it yields its fruit in the season, whose leaves do not wither. What are you saying here, people? That tree that's planted by the water, he's, go he's planted by the water, and his roots are going down and going down and going down, and it hits that water. And that's what Paul is saying here. Get rooted in Jesus. You just got planted. When you got saved, you got planted in him. Now get your roots down in Jesus. And those roots need what? Needs that water. We need that water. We need that fresh water from the Holy Spirit. From Jesus. Just like the tree that's planted by the stream of water, 
and its roots draw from that water, when we receive Christ, our life is planted with him, and that living water that flows through him flows up through us. Flows up through us. In order to live in him, you got to be rooted. Let me tell you that again. In order to live in him, you got to be rooted. Because if you're not rooted, what's it say here? It says your leaves will turn and the wind will just blow them away. And how many Christians, how many people do you know? Maybe it's happened in your life. Maybe, maybe you got saved when you were young, like I did, when I was 17. You know? I, I got saved because, Pastor, I didn't want to go to hell. You know? The pastor was preaching on it. It was a communion Sunday, and he was preaching on that. And I thought, hey, wait a minute. I was raised in church my whole life. You know? And, and, and I, went, I was the only person at the altar that Sunday. And I went and got saved. Why? Because I didn't want to go to hell. But I also didn't want to get too rooted in him. Because I knew, because I was raised in a Christian home, and I had sister that went to Bible college, and I had uh, an, uh, an uncle that, uh, two uncles that were pastors, and we were raised in the Christian Missionary Alliance. And every young person was going to be a missionary. And I did not want to be a missionary. Norma did. How she ever ended up with me, I don't know. But, but you know, and I was so afraid that if I got rooted, I was going to end up over in Timbuktu someplace. And as far as I knew, they didn't play basketball, football, and baseball over there. But you know what I'm saying. I didn't get rooted. And if we don't get rooted, we don't get rooted in him, we can't live. John 7, 38 says, Whoever believes in me, a river of living water will flow from within him. That water flows because you are rooted in Jesus Christ. That river flowed, that, that water, can, can, can you get the, that picture of our roots going down and getting deep in Jesus? And that living water, isn't that what they said Jesus is, the living water? What did he tell the woman at the well? Ma'am, the water I'm going to give you is not the water you're talking about. It's that living water. And that's what the Lord gives us when we get saved, when we get rooted in him. It's that living water that flows through us, that bubbles up. It's that living water that cleanses. It's that cleansing stream. I love that song. I can't sing it, and I can't remember it, but there's a song about the cleansing stream. What a, you know, I thank God for that cleansing stream. I don't know about you, but I need it. It's a refreshing stream. When you're rooted in Jesus, there's a refreshing, there's a refreshing there. Have you ever just, how can I say it? You got tired. You know, you're tired. You're tired of fighting it. Have you ever been there? Sometimes you're just tired of fighting the day in and day out junk of the world. And you get into the word, and you get into the word, and there's that refresh, or you start praying. And there's that refreshing stream that starts to flow. And you're refreshed. And you're refreshed. You know, I see it on Saturday nights, Pastor. We come in and we look tired. But by the time we get done praying, 
There's smiles on people's face. People are raising their hands. Why? It's that refreshing stream that flows when we're in contact with him. It says also that there's a healing stream. That stream also heals. It flows through, and it heals us. People don't lose sight of what Paul is trying to tell us here. Get rooted in so that living stream can flow up. And so you're not going to wither and blow off every time a storm comes by. I know people that when something hits, and so do you. I've been there, okay? That when a storm hits, they're ready to give up the world. It's not worth it. I can't do it anymore. I'll never forget. I, I said that to a pastor when we had trouble with one of our daughters. I was the elder. I came in. I threw my keys on his desk, and I said, I quit. I can't do it anymore. I can't live it. I'm going to go sit in a pew. After about a half hour, <laughs> I realized I could live it. Okay? But you know what? Sometimes those things happen. It's that living stream that refreshes us when we need it. Okay? Build up in him. Build up. I like that. Being built up in Jesus. You know, to build anything that you want to last, you need a foundation. You need a good foundation. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, Jesus Christ is our foundation. Jesus Christ is our foundation. Ephesians 2.20 says, Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. If we're going to build something, we got the foundation there. We got to start building. But let me tell you something, people. When you start building, there's some things you need. And one of those things is you need tools. And if you're going to build anything, Here's the tool that you need to build with. This is the tool you need. You know, Pastor, you're going to love this. We were down in Texas for my son's, my grandson's birthday, and we were in this great, big, beautiful mall. And I said, boys, where do you want to go? And they said, let's go to Barnes & Noble. <laughs> you know me and Barnes & Noble. I mean, that's like saying, let's go see a paint girl. I mean, a picture gallery. Uh, so we went, you know, and... Uh, and, and the boys wanted to go because they wanted to look at hot rod books or something like that, you know. So I went over in the religious area, and they have one, and you wouldn't believe the books that will help you do anything in your Christian life. Everybody who wants to write has wrote a book, and they can tell you how to do this, how to do that, how to do this, how to do that. What happened to the Bible? What happened to the Bible? I'm going to tell you an experience that happened in our life. Normally, don't know I'm going to share this, but, you know, when we came back to the Lord, and all of you know we had an awful marriage, and we came back to the Lord, one of the things that both of us realized before we could build a marriage, we had to build our relationship back with Jesus Christ. We had to build that foundation back with Jesus. And I remember that first morning, opening up the Word, now, I hadn't probably opened up the Word in quite a while. Opening up the Word, and I used to say, I don't understand it. It's not talking to me. And I remember praying, Lord, I don't know anything. You've got to teach me everything. And I meant it. I meant it. And for the first time in my life, it came alive. 
it came alive. You know what? I didn't need a book on how to be a husband. I didn't need a book on how to be a better Christian. I didn't need to go out and listen to this or listen to that or follow this guy or that guy. I had the Bible. I had the Bible. And before we could build our marriage, we started building our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'll never forget, I was, I, Jay, I wonder how Norm's doing, you know? Now, we would, we would also read the Bible together in the evening, and we'd pray together out loud. You don't think that was a challenge. And, and, and I knew we were starting to grow, but I'll never forget, I, I, I came home one night, for one day from work, and there was Norma sitting in the front room with the TV off, which was unusual. I mean, we were in the world. I mean, don't get me wrong, TV isn't worldly, but I knew the, some of the programs she used to watch. And there she was reading the word and tears rolling down her eyes. And I said, yes, yes. And we built, we built our faith. Norma built, I built on Jesus Christ. We believed what the word said. I remember telling the Lord, Lord, if you say it, I'm going to do it. Lord, I don't know how to. I remember somebody called me and said, hey, you need to go pray. I don't know how to pray with somebody. But I followed what the word had to say. You know? How to be a husband? I followed what the word had to say. How to be a teacher? I followed what the word had to say. These are things, you know. So if you're going to build, here's where you start. You start with the Word of God. And then you learn something that, that a lot of us sometimes struggle with. You learn how to pray. Now, I grew up in a church that prayed. And they all prayed aloud. When we had prayer meeting pastor around the altar, everybody prayed aloud. I mean, that's just the way it was. I thought it was like that in every church. I didn't know. But, you know, I learned to pray. I learned to ask God, not for tomorrow, but help me today. I learned to ask God, Lord, I don't know. Show me. And you know what? He showed me. I learned to pray. I'm not a great prayer, you know, but he's a great God. You know, he knows our heart. Sometimes I have a hard time putting it in words. Hard to believe, isn't it? Because I'm a talker. Norma said, I could talk to a door and it'd answer me. I'm a talker. But, you know, I learned to pray, and I learned to stop asking him for everything and thanking him for everything. And we didn't live day by day, did we, Norma? We lived moment by moment. It's something new in our life. So, number one, get into the Word. That's how you start getting built. Number two, get in the church. We never missed Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and small group. Small group, you had small groups back then. We had to have a small group back then. We had to. We had a, we had a bunch that went through revival, and we all met. For, for, for a month, we all met for 30 days straight. You know, just praising God. But then we met, I think it was every week we met, then every two weeks. But get into a small group. Why? Because we need each other. You need just not reading the Word, but you need to hear the Word preached. And then, you know, when I walk in church, I walk in and say, Lord, 
What do I need today? Not, Lord, boy, I hope you touch her or him or her or him. No. What do you have for me today? I learned that. Because, you know, <laughs> Pastor Smith, what a he was the He was the pastor when Norman and I got ready with God. Pastor Smith, he was a good guy. And I used to, when, when I was bad, <laughs> I'd sit there and think, you, guy, you can't preach, preach yourself on a wet paper bag, you know? But all of a sudden, his words came alive. What he had to say was speaking to me. Why? Because I came prepared. I came prepared. So come to church. Try not to miss. I try not to miss anything. Not because I'm on staff, because I want to be here. I want to see people. I'm a people person. You know, I want to see people. And get into a small group. If you're not into one, get into one. Why? Because we need each other. We need each other. You know, sitting behind somebody, you think you know them, but all you ever see is their back of their head. Getting into a small group, we get to know each other, don't we, Tom? Huh? We get to know each other. Tom, Tom and I are friends, you know. Once he got in my small group, man, we found a lot of things in common. He worked for Forge, which is, I mean, that's the way it was, but, but you know, God understands. <laughs> but we have a great time, you know, and, and we, need, we need that. We need that, okay? So I, I know it's a hobby, but I'm over small groups, but I'm, I'm not saying that just because I'm over. I'm saying that because we need each other. Okay, and then there's going to be some changes that need to take place in your life. There's going to be some changes that need to take place in your life. Why? Why, Rick? Because, you know, when we get saved, we come just as I am, with all the baggage in the world hanging off our legs and our arms. When we get married... Don't we walk in our marriage with baggage? And all of us know there needs to be changes. And if you don't make changes, you end up like Norm and I were making, we're doing. Okay? There's got to be changes. Same thing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. There are some things that you just don't do anymore. And don't be afraid. Say, whoa, man, I gave him this, I gave him that, I gave him that. If there's more, Jesus will point his finger. I'll never forget. That night I, got, I came back with the Lord 49 years ago. I came back to the Lord. I gave him everything I could think of. I remember, I remember thinking, I'm perfect. You know, I didn't mean it that way, but there is nothing. And I'll never forget, and Norm, you probably remember, God pointed something out in my life. And I thought, what's wrong with that? <laughs> And God said, get rid of it. You know, it was called temper. It was called temper. I don't have a temper. Yes, you Don't tell me I got a temper. You know what I'm saying? Temper. <sighs> that was hard for me to deal with. But don't, you know, that, that's the kind of baggage that we got to get rid of. So let's take a look at number three. Okay. Three, one through three. Set your heart on things above. Set your heart on things above. You know, your heart is where God wants to work. And when he says set your heart 
on things to above. He is saying, give me your heart. Is your, is your heart more world-bound than heaven-bound? In other words, does all the fears and anxieties and, I mean, there's a lot going on in our world, isn't there? And you know, you can get pretty defeated, can't you? If you listen to all, I heard 15 different things today about the president. You know, the economy's great, the economy's bad. Now this, you know, but when our heart is filled with the love of Jesus Christ, when our heart is filled with that, he said, start thinking, start thinking about things above. Things above what's going on. Set your mind. I like how he says, Pastor, set your heart first and then set your mind. He don't say set your mind and your heart because he knows where everything comes from. Then set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Why? Because I want you to die to those earthly things. Die to them. Why? Because your life now is hidden with Christ our God. When we get saved, our life now is hidden in Jesus. It's hidden there. He's taking care of it. You're no longer yours. You're his. He owns you. Why? Because he died for you. And when we got saved, that's what we said. Lord, forgive me. I accept you as my Savior. Well, when you accept him as your Savior and Lord, then that's what he is. But there are some things that we had to get rid of. We have to die to some of our old habits. We have to die to some of the things that we used to do that he don't want us doing anymore. We have to die to some of our thoughts. We have, you know, I'll never forget. The Lord said, you can't go there. I had to die to that. I wanted to go there. The Lord said, you can't go there. Why? Because he knows our weaknesses. He knows our heart better than we do. Jesus knows your weakness. And why go in and get tempted when Jesus says don't? Okay? And I'll tell you what. I've seen it over and over and over again. People say, well, I can do it. I'm strong. I'm strong. And they come back so defeated a few weeks later, a few months later. Because why? Because they gave in. They gave in. If you're not there, you won't give in. Okay? So there's some places I just couldn't go. And there's some places probably that you can't. There's some things that you've got to get rid of that maybe I don't have to. God knows my heart. He knows my head. He knows my thought life. He knows my weakness and my strengths. Set your heart and mind on God. Why? Because he is your life. You're no longer yours. When that realization finally hit me, then I'm no longer in charge. He is. Now that don't mean I get up in the morning and say, well, pa um, pastor, well, well, Lord, should I brush my teeth this morning? No. Use common sense. But you know, let him guide your steps. Let him guide your steps. Do I do it all the time? I try. I try. Sure, we get out of step with them, don't we? Huh? You know? We do. 
Put to death your old nature. You know, Jesus gives you a new nature. He gives you a new nature. The things that used to bother me don't bother me anymore. The things that are sinful, our old sinful nature, that's what he's talking about. All the garbage that he's, that he's got in these verses, get rid of them. We don't have to go through them all. You know what they are. Get rid of them, he says. He said they're nothing but garbage. Now let me give you an illustration if you don't get rid of them. I just said they're garbage. That means you're walking around with a bag of garbage over your shoulder. You know what it does? It stinks. Garbage stinks. All of a sudden, the things that used to be good to us smell, and we don't want to get involved. So get rid of it. You don't put it out to the garbage man. You give it to the Lord and say, here, Lord, it's yours. And he buries them. He buries them. If I understand it right, he buries them out in the sea someplace. He buries them. He says, you used to walk in those ways, but now you must rid yourself of all that sin and all that garbage in your new life. Rid yourself. Rid yourself means get rid of it. Don't hang on. Don't put it, well, I'll put it out in the garage in case I need it. No. I'll put it in the closet in my heart. That, that, way, that way Jesus won't see it. Don't be, don't be foolish. Okay? Get rid of it. It says, take off your old self and its practices. There's old practices that maybe you have to get rid of. There's practices I had to get rid of. There's practices Norman had to get rid of. There's practices that all of us had to get rid of, isn't there? Things I, things I could not do, places I could not go, had to make changes. You had to make changes. I had to make changes. We have to make changes. And he says, take off your old self. In other words, take it off. Get rid of it. Give it to goodwill. Take off your old self and then put on your new self. Put on Jesus Christ. Put it on. 3.12 says, As God's chosen people, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourself with these. Jesus is saying, clothe yourself with me with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience. What an outrobe. What a, what a wardrobe. You know, Becky preached Sunday morning. She's talking about the wardrobe that, that Esther had. I, I'm not going to call her what you tried to call her, but anyway, you call her. But what Esther had, okay, what a wardrobe. What a wardrobe Jesus wants us to put on. Look at this wardrobe. Compassion. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And you can be sitting here tonight and you can say, but, but Pastor Rick, I've tried it. I've tried it. I've tried to get built up. I try to walk. I try to do the best you can. And I don't seem like I'm getting ground one. You know what? If you're trying, you're building it. You're trying it. You're growing in the Lord. You know the last person that ever sees you grow is yourself. People see you grow. I see... 
Pastor, we've talked about it. We see people growing and growing and growing. They don't know it. But, you know, they'll come up and say, hey, look what I read today in the Bible. Well, good, you read it in the Bible. You know, you didn't hear it on TV or, or on the radio. You read it in the Bible. Good, that's growing. You know, if it takes baby steps, it takes baby steps. And when you first get going, it takes baby steps. And then you learn to walk a little bit. And then you learn to trot a little bit, you know. And then you learn to run. And man, what a run. What a race. What a race. So get in it. Get in it. Put those things on. Out of all these things, the hardest one of mine, what do you think? Patience. Patience. I can be patient with everybody that isn't around me. <laughs> I'm going to put it that way. But I'm learning. I'm learning. It's a learning process. So he's telling you, get rid of everything. Put on the new one. Live in me. Walk in me. You know, you can tell when somebody's walking in the Lord. You can tell, you know, I'll never forget when I went on when I went on supervision. This is three years after, th three years after I came back to the Lord. Two years, two years after I came back to the Lord. You know, I had the privilege of leading people to the Lord down the line. I I worked on a machine. You know, and they called me and they said, "We want to put you on supervision." I said, "Yeah, I'll do that." But they said, "There's one thing. They call your preacher out in the line." I said, "They do? Why would they call me that?" He said, "But you can't preach to your people." I didn't. I didn't have to preach to my people. You know, I loved it. There's a difference. You know? So put on, put on, and grow. Get rid of those things. You're never going to grow in a garbage dump. You're never going to grow in the garbage dump. You've got to climb out of it, brush yourself off, take those dirty old clothes off, and put on the new clothes that Jesus Christ has for you. It's getting late. Psalms 103. Let me see. Okay. Psalms 103, verse 2 through 3. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. There are benefits. You know, we think, boy, I got to give up this. I got to give up that. I got to give up this. But there are benefits in following the Lord. There are benefits in growing with the Lord. There are benefits in walking with the Lord. There's a cost. It's going to cost. There's a cost to it. But the benefits way outweigh the cost. Look at all these. Some of the benefits, he says. He forgave all my sins. Praise God. Praise God. He took the garbage away. He heals all our diseases. He redeemed our life from the pit of hell. He redeemed our life. Do you feel redeemed tonight? Jesus Christ redeemed us. We should be praising the Lord for this. He satisfies our desire with good things. Good things. He renews. It says our youth will be renewed as eagles. In other words, he, he energizes us, so to speak. He renews our strength. He renews our thought life. He renews... He renews our relationships like eagles, like young. We can fly. 
And one of the greatest rewards ever is the older I get, the more I think about it, is heaven. Heaven. You know, there's that song, heaven's getting sweeter every day. It is. It's getting closer every day. But these are some of the benefits that we have as we walk in him. These are some of the benefits a lot of times that we just take for granted. Don't take it for granted. I thank God every morning. You know, my first 15 minutes of prayer in the morning is just thanking him. Is just thanking him. Something we learned 49 years ago that I haven't stopped. You say, 15 minutes of thanking him? That's because that's all the time I give myself to do it. I can thank him for a lot more than that. Thank him for today and thank him for tomorrow. Thank him for being there. In closing, let me just read this. When God measures a person's growth, when he measures your growth, he puts the tape around the heart, not the mind. He puts the tape around the heart. You may not think you're growing, but your heart is growing. And that tape that Jesus puts around, he says, yes, 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 he's growing. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you for your word. Lord, it grows sweeter every day. It grows more meaningful every day. And Lord, tonight we pray that as we walk in the very presence of Jesus, when we walk in the very life of Jesus, when you're beside us, around us, in front of us, behind us, we thank you to Heavenly Father for that covering that you give us. In the name of Jesus, we ask this in your precious and holy name.